are. Welcome to the Hit Different bonus episode. I'm hanging out with Tando. It looks like Thando to the untrained eye, but it's pronounced Tando. Uh, Zimbabwe Australian artist, music teacher, young, black and gifted. She is here to throw down and talk about music that made you throughout your life. I'm super, super interested in this, especially um, if you just listened to the other episode talking about Mercury and Bowie, some <laughs> tra- tra- traumatic times. At the same time, <laughs> you know, these are people that obviously meant a lot to you growing up. So let's get into it. The youngest, earliest memory. Yeah, definitely the Queen live at Wembley for Live Aid. That was just like iconic, that moment. And it didn't even matter that it was not a genre of music that anyone ever played in my house ever. But my dad just randomly loved Queen. So yeah, that moment made it. And do you know Queen at that time were kind of a little bit on the outer? They weren't the cool band. That mm-hmm. live that Live Aid set, and they might have even subbed in for some, but that Live Aid set got them back into the mainstream. It made everybody appreciate them again. I think everybody was a bit shitty because they went into South Africa. So I think a little bit of that while uh. apart, while apartheid was on, they fucking love money. Yeah, I think they kind of got them back into everyone's good books. And obviously, yeah. performance like that, it's only it's only fifteen minutes, isn't it? That that performance, yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's very tricky because they had like however many people on the bill. Yep. So they wouldn't have had a lot of time. But what yep. an iconic comeback. <laughs> oh, completely. And uh, just the power of, of the man, you know, just the, mm. the way he sings, the way those teeth come out. Like he just used those teeth so well, among other things. If you look online, I think it's called bum note, bumnotes.co.uk. Phil Collins actually misses a note on the piano and he kind of goes, during Live A, like one of the biggest shows he'll ever oh. do in his life. <laughs> There's a whole website d- dedicated to people doing bum notes on stage. So Me hope, looking that up. <laughs> hope there's none for you. Um, and what's the next – that's the next thing, Tanner, uh, that comes along in your mind and, and really makes it a big impression on you and tell us all about it. I grew up listening to a lot of, like, pop music, girl groups, you know, TLC, Destiny's Excellent. Child. Excellent. So Destiny's Child are, like, my Bible. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like truly, I think there's a, every stage of my life I have been one of the original lineup of Destiny's Child. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm in my Latavia stage at the moment because okay. I'm embracing my low range and like my baritone just like, mm, and you know, my wiggles, sex. Wiggles shoulders just for the viewers at home. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could watch this. Yeah, no, definitely girl groups. Um, Destiny's Child, iconic forever. I, I wasn't as like, I wasn't really into Spice Girls the way that I thought I don't know someone my age or my vibe would be a lot of people a lot of people my age who dug girl groups definitely say Spice Girls but no I was definitely Destiny's Child and TLC let's go back to TLC because I I grew up going to Blue Light Discos as well and listening to TLC Scrubs oh Mm -hmm. so many songs yeah Yeah. oh oh my god Mm -hmm. yep yep you need like the oversized satin pajamas and just like the red background Oh, what, waterfalls, the, the whole thing. They, they were a, a band that really showed that they could do a whole bunch of different genres, you know, w- within R&B, for want of a better term. Where, where were you watching? How old were you? Where were you? I was in Zimbabwe um, in the lounge room. So my I was not that I was raised by nannies, but my parents would be at work and we had like house house girls. Um, so if you're Southern African, you you know what I'm talking about, how the, the house girls. All they would do, like, while they were cleaning, while they were getting the house together or doing laundry, is just blasting music at full blast on the TV. And obviously, as a kid, you couldn't help but get into it. And you just, like, get into these dance breaks in the lounge room. and With the house girls? You and the house yes. girls? 
Absolutely. Because it would have been giants. You're looking up to these giants who are getting into something and being so getting passionate into this about music. It. Yeah, it was so great. I, that's probably like my like most fond memory of being back in Zimbabwe because obviously yeah. like when you come back to Australia, like house girls are not a thing here. So who was I going to be dancing in the lounge room with? No, <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. comforted by rage at that time. <laughs> Fantastic. So, and and what Zimbabwe was it? MTV? What was, what was their Zimbabwe equivalent of rage? They had what was yeah. called o, OTV. Like I, I don't know whether that was O as in oxygen or O as in something else, but it was OTV. And I remember the icon was like, like a silver sort of ball thing with like a rectangle that was like vertical in the middle of it. I can, I can just see it now. And I've never had to recall that memory before. Excellent. I'm so glad I asked. At what stage did you work out what a scrub was? <laughs> um, when I got to high school, <laughs> when I got to high school and you know, this is so bad. And it's like the whole thing you've got to unpack. But when I was 16, I was dating this, it's really bad. I was dating a 21 year old guy who had this like nice car and then Hang on, the how old were pe- you? How old? I was 16. Record like, scratch. Listen, it's, it's a whole scratch. thing. I unpacked this on my Instagram stories a few months ago. I'm not going to get back into it t- again, but I realized a scrub because the guys in year 12, you know, guys my age, weren't driving nice cars because they were teenage boys that couldn't afford cars. They weren't grown men. Yeah, don't date guys that are too old. <laughs> how did he woo you? He was an older guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Via so, oh, I'm like cringing really hard. No, I think it was the car. Yeah. Unreal. But like, let's take this memory for what it is, okay? You're cruising around as, with with a hot 21 year old dude in a hotted up car, listening. Were you? Hey, were you listening to TLC? No, this is. We weren't listening to TLC. No, no, Can no. you imagine, like, the irony? Like, I would be sitting in the passenger side Singing of my scrubs. boyfriend's ride. Um. Yeah. No. 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 I think we were listening. We were listening oh, so to like Slipknot or him or Very just similar. like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's where my like expansion of my musical taste began. So Okay. Excellent. Thank you for being <laughs> yeah. so honest. Um, before You're we get all the way to there, the next thing that comes along after sort of TLC and, and Destiny's rock and roll, um, you know, what 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 sort of what sort of grabbed you next? It was sort of thinking you were about the age 12, 13, 14 around there. Listen, Paramore. <laughs> yep. Will forever be my like teen angst like era of my life I just oh love Hayley Williams and that whole vibe um my friends and I in year I think it was a year nine or year 10 would go to JJ's every like second Thursday buy skinny jeans and those like little zip up cardigans multicolored honestly like we lived in JJ's and then the first live gig we went to was actually to see the getaway plan when they were touring they came to Canberra and played at a venue in Tuggeranong so I was in a mosh pit for the first time in my life and I Oh, I thought I was going to die. It was the scariest. Oh, yeah. The first time you're in a mosh pit, you're like, I'm not breathing right now. I need to breathe to live. Yeah. It's like I'm being crushed. Like, why is this fun? (laughs) Why are people doing this willingly? But it was amazing. Any circle pits? Any, you know, like how heavy was the mosh? It was pretty heavy. I exited when when the circle pit was happening because I could see it start to form and I was like, this is my cue to get out because I there was like a wall of death thing, which I was a part of first. And I was like, yeah, this is great. Let's get amongst this. And after that, I was like, no, I'm going to get out. Otherwise, I'm actually going to get injured. 
I think people don't really realize, because again, we were in year 10, my friends and I, like these little, little young kids in year 10, part of <laughs> the smosh, like people were looking out for each other. And like, when you could see someone was distressed, they'd get yanked out of the, yep. of the, of the, of the mosh. One of the best things about being in a mosh is, 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 strange, is the kindness of strangers. Yeah. It's like this community. It's like, you want to enjoy it, but you don't want anyone to get hurt. You know, yeah. you all look out for each other. Probably one of the most random memories of my life. Terrific, oh, man! I I love the the primal, yeah, the, the primal feeling of being in a mosh. I've not been in a mosh in a while, but I remember. Do you I think did, mosh pits are going to be a thing after COVID? Absolutely, they will be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are we wearing masks for this? Um, <laughs> at the start, we are, and then it's all off. No, they they definitely will be because people yeah. will just be like, I want to get back to you know, I've done the hard yards here. Yeah. Off topic, more about me. I'm not playing basketball against people at the moment because I've read in uh, Massachusetts, I'm not trying to bring the vibe down. So Minnesota, 20 uh, mm. secondary school kids caught Delta from each other. Like I'm all jabbed up, so oh, I'm fine. No. But I've got a, an eight-year-old daughter and she hasn't been able to get um, vaccinated yeah. yet. So I'm, all I want to fucking do is play basketball on a Sunday morning at Edinburgh Gardens or Carlton Barlets or wherever with my mates. And I went for one Sunday, three Sundays ago, three hours, and it was the most glorious, spiritually nourishing thing I've, I've done in so long because I look forward to it all week and then I reminisced about it for the rest of the week after yeah. it happened. And at the moment, I'm like, I just can't do it. I just can't, you know, because of spit and sweat and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. Back, to your, back to your point, though, I think once we get to a certain level, I think and, and a lot of people, um, luckily kids don't really get affected badly by, by um, COVID, <laughs> that people will just be like, I am, It's as I said, it's go time. Let's, let's yeah. get out there and let's enjoy life as we used to. I'm going to give you the top 10 uh, NME uh, voted Paramore songs and you just, I just want you quick thoughts and, and just, just jump out and see whether they should be high. Number 10, Told You So. Number 9, The Only Exception. Uh, still Into You. Number 8, That's What You Get. That's what you get when you love. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what I want you to do. Uh, <laughs> Ignorance. That's at number 6. Mm-hmm. Top five now. Crush, crush, crush. That's about you. Yes. Okay. That is a banger. Yeah. That's about you and the uh, wall of death, death wall. Uh, brick by Boring Brick. No. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nearly. Hard Times. Hard mm. Times. The first taste of the fifth album. I think we're going a bit too late. I think you're early. Definitely too late yeah. for me. Like if Ain't it fun? Ain't it fun? <laughs> See, I only know the melody of that because of how catchy it is, but I am not well-versed in newer Paramore. Okay, what about Misery Business? Oh, uh, yeah. Listen, as problematic as the song is, <laughs> it is iconic and I will always enjoy it privately in the comfort of my own home and not sharing it with anyone. Yeah. So, yes, it's <laughs> number one. <laughs> well, it was never my intention to brag, to steal it all away from you now, but God, does it feel so good because I got Get him where I want him now. I want him now. Yeah. <laughs> Williams oh, has explained, Lord. I'm not the same person I was when I wrote it. She's even expressed embarrassment at its lyrical content, but it remains their signature track. Yeah, it's you know, there's a time and a place for everything. You grow, you know, and I think that's Straight the up. amazing thing about being an artist. Like you put stuff out and if you no longer represent or like that no longer represents you, you get to look back at that. It's this archived thing that represents your growth and there's no need to like feel a way about it. If people are into it now, then, you know, they're catching up, but they will see that you're a different person now. But I, I don't think that there's any need to continually apologize for it. If Agreed. people aren't playing, if they're not playing it live anymore, then that's, you know, all power to them. Totally mm. respect that. But it's immortalized on the internet, so I can't yes. really do much about it. And Rolling Stones have just started that with brown sugar. 
they've actually sort of come along. They've dropped it from their sets, and in a very grown up way, they've wow. said, "Yeah, you know what? It was a different time. It's good." You know, they, yeah. they made they made their peace with it, and they've moved on. I thought they've done it in a really really good way. Uh, there mm. was a certain somebody on the project <laughs> last week, a white person, talking about how it was politically correct has gone mad. Uh, yeah, we probably shouldn't have got a white two white people, in fact, on to talk about that. Well done, everybody. Good job. Condescending pat on the back. The song Diaspora featuring Ruvo from Life in Colour. That's his track, you know, talking about growing up and, and being able to do things you haven't done before. That, to me, is what I've been banging all day. Tell us about, yeah, Yay. putting that together. That's something that you, before this EP, have not been able to do. Like that's that's you levelling up. Yeah, definitely. I think a big part of this record was me realising that I can be proud of being from Zimbabwe. I want to sing in my native language and I just want to sort of put it out there that the immigrant story is, yeah, it's not this like thing where everybody's had the same experience, but this it's this all-encompassing, we've come in search of better. We've come in search for more. So that's what this is about. And I think it sort of centred around the narrative that was happening um, around African gangs and it was just kind of a response to that, not in like a really emotional and like, you know, angry way because there was so much so much music and so much art had been created from that narrative that sort of echoed that. I just kind of wanted to take a perspective of almost making it celebratory for our people. So you've got, you know, the upbeat, you know, Southern African grooves, you've got me singing in Devele and we're just saying we ain't here to cause trouble, we ain't here to make noise, we're just here to live, we just came to find love and find purpose. And the line that I sing in Devele is, which means we just want to live our lives. So, you know, for anyone that would be listening to that, it would be like, don't pay attention to the negativity, just stick, like, remember why you're here and know that you're here for so much more and the way that you're perceived is because of ignorance and a lack of knowledge, but it doesn't define who you are. So just do your thing. And that's what, that's essentially what the song is, you know? Yeah. And you're showing off your superpower and super powerfully in the start of that song, you sample Peter fucking Dutton. I fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about people being afraid to go to restaurants, but bow And what that does as well is it, is it taps into what's been going on lately, Ziggy Ramo. And Miesha both sampled Tony Abbott's lifestyle cho- choices, um, you know, bullshit mm. monologue. And so I, I like the fact you're sort of, you know, the, grabbing the, the relay button and continuing on to that thing and just giving that. You know, and also Jaguar Jones has done it with um, Dennis Hanlon recently, just mm. taking away the power of their words by showing how ridiculous uh, these men sound. Definitely. And you know what's amazing is should they get the opportunity to hear these songs, <laughs> it's oh, yeah. a direct response. It's like you are so full of it mm. that we had to literally platform these statements so that anyone that echoes these sentiments can realise how idiotic they are for mm. thinking the mm. same thing, you know. So, yeah, I am honoured that he lent his voice for that because it just helped drive the message home. Thanks, Potato Head. Good man. Thanks, <laughs> The stud of the spud. So you, you've you exited your boyfriend's, you've dipped on your boyfriend of 16, when you were 16, and then what music next got you when you perhaps started going out, 18, 19? Uh, I was never into clubs, but Club. listen, the whole, I think 2008 to 2010, that era of pop and R&B will forever be my love. Yep. Akon. To me, <laughs> is the undisputed king of 2008. 
Okay. Because every time, <laughs> it, honestly, like, um, just hit after hit after hit. Um, nobody wanna see us together, but oh, yeah. it don't matter. Like, don't matter. Smack that. <laughs> Who's like collaborating with Eminem and making a banger like that? Uh, honestly, just he ruled my whole sort of. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to clubs or anything. I, I was going to a lot of house parties. So because the vibe was, you know. Someone would plug in their aux cord and then whoever's Spotify is just going all night. It was always Akon. Um, and obviously Lady Gaga, Just Dance, was the anthem to my first uh, binge drinking <laughs> situation. <laughs> and it just soundtracked it so well. Um, if my mom's going to be listening to this, yes, those parties you picked me up at, it turns out I was inebriated. <laughs> Love you. Rite of passage. That's it. Yeah. Senegalese American singer-songwriter. Wow, his name. You know, Akon's not his name. It's Alouane Damala Badara Akon Tiam. Oh, see, I didn't know that. So that to you. I've learned something today. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you know, he's Wonderful. so incredible for anyone that doesn't know Akon. He, like, is giving power to an African village, like, sustainable power. Yeah. And he, he yeah. Mm-hmm. And he started his own cryptocurrency. <laughs> A- of course he Acoin. did. Acoin. Acoin, I think <laughs> and it's so lame but it's so great like I love it and I just think that he's just like a true testament to giving back like so many so many people you know they set up charities and do all these things but like he's actually just actually gone out and created infrastructure for the for his people you know and he's walked his talk and I really respect that is this Akon City we're all learning here today in 2018 Akon announced he was working with the Senegalese government to build a tourist city with a cryptocurrency based economy named Akon City at the time it is said to be currently under development and will be the first 100% crypto based city with Akon's own cryptocurrency Acoin at the tra- at the transactional center wow this how is amazing is that <laughs> yeah good on him sounds like a, a good dude so Akon good Pitbull bad? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not no. a super fan of uh, no, Pitbull. No, Mr. No. Worldwide. <laughs> sorry. The sorry. That's okay. No. Jason Derulo. We can just get it. Let's get these things out of our system. Okay? Why don't I have one? Tendo. Yeah, that's good. Except that it, sounds terrible. Too much like, it sounds too much like Nando's, I think. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> like, like a jingle. You know, yeah. Shut the fuck up, mate. Um, <laughs> no, you should. You should. You should. Um, Tendo in the place. I don't know. What would your... What would your uh, you know, your your caller ID, you know, what would your thing that you stay at the, at the start of a song? I'll do it like badly it... and then it will sound awesome when you say, I'm going to do one for you and it's going to be okay. shit. And then you're going to come along and everyone listening at home is going to be like, oh, thank God she saved that segment. Okay. So this is, this is your, this is, um, this is yours. Okay. Here it goes. Tando. See, told you. Told you. I should have gone down at the end, didn't it? It went up. What would you say, Tando? Um... Tando. Oh. <laughs> oh I took that way too seriously. <laughs> Get fucked. So sorry for anyone was... no, right no, 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 Oh, God. Wow. That's made my day. That's, yeah. <laughs> You're That's, welcome. Uh... Wow. All right. I don't know how we can, uh, <laughs> now we can top that for the rest of the thing. So moving into your 20s and going out, uh, you know, you've been performing lots. Who are, who are the artists that you're seeing performing sort of on the same bill as you who you're like, wow, this person is incredible and they're changing the way you think about music? 
Oh, I really, really love um, Leisure Centre. Um, they used to be called the Do Your Things, um, yes. the new name, Leisure Centre. Um, Audrey Pound is one of my best friends and is just such an incredible composer and songwriter. And we've been writing together quite a lot this year, actually. So it's been incredible to watch me turn from fan to collaborator. But yeah, the, the whole sort of R&B scene when I was first coming up. Yeah, so like Leisure Centre, there was a really great artist who would perform quite a fair bit, Bella Jabara and the Mellows. Bella no longer performs, unfortunately, but she was just like international superstar in the making, like the costumes, the stage presence, the songs, like they just sort of transcended a small stage in the middle of Fitzroy. She was like otherworldly. It was amazing. My best friend, Leona Tatafu, used to sing in this R&B outfit called Carousel with Bella Jabara. So, you know, the, these a lot of these artists, a lot of these bands are people that when I was sort of finding my feet in the industry, I would go and watch these people religiously. Like I remember the first proper gig in Melbourne that I went to was at the ESPY front bar. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, and it was one night after uni. I got on the tram and I was like, oh, this is great. You know, little me from Canberra not knowing where I was going, made <laughs> it to the SP and watched Carousel playing in the front 96. part. And it was just <sighs> such a memory. It was it was really beautiful. But um, I also sang in a reggae band in that time. So I spent a lot of time in sort of the dub R&B scene, played a lot of festivals, mm-hmm. did FRL, um, yeah, <laughs> everyone talks about FRF as folk rhythm and life for those that don't know. Yes. No one has a bad time. No, yet. never. Um, I mean, we only had a bad time because we were sharing a two man tent. There were three of us and I don't know why I thought it would be a good idea to open a can of mackerel for my dinner oh. <laughs> in the Dang. middle of summer anyways. Um, but it's, it's always such an incredible experience. I love it. And I hope that it can start up again soon. Cause yeah, lots of memories there. But yeah, a lot of dub and like dub and reggae bands, El Moth, um, the Seven Ups at that time were very much like um, a lot of the players from the Seven Ups were in a band called the Purple Tusks. And it was just like seven to eight piece, just party reggae ska kind of band. And they would wear purple from head to toe. <laughs> it was just, yeah, that, that was fun. I think back in the day when I didn't take myself too seriously as an artist and music was just fun. Like there are a lot of the memories that I have of music, yeah, in my 20s. So yeah, a lot of the bands Beautiful. I've mentioned, a lot of people would not know. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew about half of them. That so, is awesome. Yeah, like that. yeah, it's good for breadcrumbs. People go out there and do, do some research. Do your own research. <laughs> oh, uh, my God, no, that statement is very triggering. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. And take us right up to, to now. What What is the music that's been doing it for you in, in the last few years? I... Will always, always, always love Kaid. Kaid is just like I've never known anyone to like articulate and just to put words together and melodies together the way that she can. She's absolutely incredible. Um, we wish her well on her plight as well at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's such a cautionary tale for for all of us, and it's it's really important that you know if if you're wanting to support an artist that you love and you want to be able to see them thrive and create more music, to just you know give what you can and, and help them um, out of a situation like that. Yeah, love Kaid. Um, I anyone that knows me knows that I'm a massive fan of Jill Scott. Jill Scott, she's yes. my lady. I have her forever yeah, etched into my skin. I have- <laughs> Show us. I mean, I'll, it's, I'll describe it's it upside the, down, but. Upside, oh, yeah, a Jill, Jill Scott tattoo to, on. There has to be an a, easier way to do that. But, yeah, on my forearm. Yes. Um, the erogenous zone. She is just like, 
queen ethereal vibes um lyrics melodies delivery connection tone just like being so apologetic about taking space and just being the truest version of herself and I think I'm I'm in my earlier sort of formative years in my career I definitely modeled a lot of what I did after her because it was really important for me to be able to foster this this self-love and this self-belief um and you know I spoke on this a while ago um with like to another friend about how if you can't believe that you're the shit no one else is going to be able to believe that you're the shit. Powerful statement. Yeah. Powerful truth. And, you know, while I was yeah. sort of finding my feet, like Jill Scott was the absolute shit to me. And I was like, wow, if I could yeah. just like have an ounce of some of that, then like that would be <laughs> enough to get me started. And yeah. When she talks about uh, in Dave Chappelle's blog party, it talks about Erica Badu and then it talks about her own stuff. She talks about how powerful Erica is. And then she says, but I've got my own thing going mm. on. And the way she talks and the way she just sort of rises and, you know, her whole presence yeah. becomes bigger and more sort of, you know, more potent as she's saying it. I remember it stayed with me as well. Like, like, whoa. And that's exactly it, she isn't is. it? It's that you've got to yeah. have it and believe it yeah, about you, yourself. You've got to be your own biggest cheerleader. You have to be, yeah. you know. And in this era we're going through and everyone that's out there listening, you know, it's fucking hard. Like I've, I've had a real, at the last month of my life, I've definitely had way more ups and downs than I've, I've you know, for a long time, and that's just going through this like this final throes of um of a freaking pandemic mm. and and everything else. And and I know that you know the whole time is is that just that reminding of yourself. You got to you got to have you know you got to be your own biggest cheerleader, and and you got to just have that faith that things do get better mm. and everything's going to be fine, yeah. all that stuff. And I think it's very important in what we're all going to go through in this big uh, stage of healing, which is gonna which is going to be happening for people all over the yeah. world. Is is that reminder just to be gentle with yourself. <laughs> you know, and, and, and just be, you know, pump up your own tires and know that, yeah, it's way too often in Australia we, we have a we tall poppy ourselves or something yeah. we talked about with on Liam Parsons from Good Morning last week on, on this. And, um, yeah, we, we can't help but say, oh, I shouldn't say that or, you know, this this is going to sound cheesy or all that kind of stuff. We, we've got to stop putting asterisks, you know, before we uh, we talk about our, our abilities and our, and our skills. And so I think it's important. Anybody listening to, I'm, I'm in a very good headspace now. Don't you worry about that. I just, you know, like everybody, I was like, I don't get anxious. I'm like, oh, mm. if I'm getting anxious, it means everyone is anxious. All right, <laughs> let's lift this whole thing. So I certainly feel good to have um, acknowledged that a little yeah. bit, you know, a couple of weeks back. Um, I was also kind of given a job and then a job was taken away from me by the HR lady of, of, a, of a council oh. who also said on the same day, the day before she said, we're going to take over the world, Mikey. I was like, fuck, oh, awesome. And then the next day, I should never have told you you had the job. It's just going to be like 25 oh. hours a week. Something mad, mad bank. And then I was like, that's okay. I made my peace with it. And she goes, this is my last day. Like, Who is this typhoon of a woman who's just come in, dangled this crazy big carry in front of me, which means I could pay off my mortgage quicker with my lovely mm. partner and my two kids and all this stuff, you know, that, that sort of shook me for a few, for a few days. And uh, yeah, anyway, that's a little story about, you know, how and that just shows how everybody at the moment, like no one's quite on their game. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of healing. There's going to be a lot of sort of leveling up, um, which takes us nicely though to life in color. I made a decision to only put this record out through Bandcamp and physically only at a record store, Northside Records. Mm-hmm. I realized that I need to be able to bring value back to my art in a way mm-hmm. that is like in a tangible way. 
a lot of my bread and butter were my gigs and that was the big sort of selling point. I never really looked at my recorded music as like something of value. I just kind of looked at it as a promotional tool for my gigs, right? And then having no gigs, I was like, oh shit, what do I have to offer now that I don't have my gigs? So when I was, you know, putting all the final touches and finessing this record and, you know, the team that I worked on this with worked so incredibly hard to make it what it is and we're all very, very proud of what it is. I thought that I would be not giving it the best chance of being appreciated for what it was if I Mm -hmm. popped it up on a streaming platform, just knowing how... Mm -hmm. And this, you know, everyone has their own opinions about this, but I just, I always feel very undervalued as an artist when I put my music Mm. on a platform um, that gives you such little return, knowing that that platform would not exist were it not for the art that creators make, you know? I wanted to give this record an opportunity to be appreciated in that way before I put it on those platforms. It's not never going to end up on there. It'll definitely end up on there at some stage, but as far as it coming out, it's very much an isolated, direct to my fans. It's a very Melbourne experience, but because I put it up on Bandcamp and there was a write-up that was done, I ended up reaching some international audience. So that's been great because I've been able to connect with new markets in that way, oh, yeah. which is really dope. Yeah. But yeah, it'll probably end up on Spotify next year, to be honest. Like no I just want to give it some time in this space because people are, mm. are buying it and they because they've bought it, they just kind of have a different appreciation for it. They take the time to send me emails and let me know like what their favorite song is and what they connect with. Yeah. And I never got that ever with anything I ever put up on Spotify because there isn't there isn't that really easy direct to artist it's nothing interface. tactile about nah. it either. Like Bandcamp feels more tactile and, and it, you know, and you know that they're four artists, all the the Bandcamp Friday Absolutely. stuff that's been going on. Yeah. I love this approach and I commend you for for doing such a thing. I think that's a really it's brave, but it's also kind of you're playing long game in, in many ways by mm. doing this and by bringing back more value to your art and you know, like so because I, I tried to stream it and then so quickly flicked me the link and I've so I've got it on my on my computer now and I'm like been cranking it all See, day. See, y'all should have told me I, and I would have oh, sent yeah. you my press pack so you could just have it. <laughs> I'd rather buy it, to I be honest. Like, it. Thank you. Oh, I'm going to put up 15. I'm, my, my DJ gigs are coming. Oh, yay. I'm <laughs> oh, don't. Yes, please spin the record. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, no, I'll, um, I'll crank it out for you. There's a lot on there that I, I want to play too. So, yeah, and uh, even the fact that, you know, Numb's been been hanging around for a while. Mm. Other girls featuring Kai, so much. We've got to have you back on the show as well because we're going to have Kai on the Yay. show in a while as well. I can't wait to hear that. Another Zimbabwe artist. Yeah, yeah, absolute bomb digs. When she got to school, she, she got here from Zimbabwe, the only black kid in school. Her name's Kylie, and she's like, I'm going to be the next Kylie. And she's saying, and all the kids at school were like, really? All right. <laughs> like, so that was a real kind of like, Oh, okay. Australia is going to be an interesting experience <laughs> for me. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, but that's, um, that's a whole other thing. Hey, thank you, Fran, for hanging out and being so honest and just giving us, uh, yeah, so much insight into your, into your art and to how you work. And it's been a very fun vibe. Go have a beer wherever you are or whatever you're doing. Enjoy yourselves, friends, and uh, thank Tando. Thank like to thank Tando. Tando, Tando thank Tando, you for Tando, having me. Girl. It's all right. And if you could just do your um, – Start of your song again, your Tando intro, just one more time. <clears throat> I forgot how it goes. Um, You'll get it. You'll get it. Tando or something like that. No, do you know what it is? It's that. It's that ad. I literally have just taken the jingle <laughs> from something else and added my name. Something, whatever that is. Um, Tell it borrows genius steals. Oh. You just, you, you just borrow. You are borrowing it and turning it to something genius. <laughs> Go and do it. 
Do, can you do it one, one more time and just get a nail it? Here we go. Tando. There you go. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. Great. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Please get in touch if we can do better in any way or give you a shout out. Thanks to our co-host, Tando uh, and Mikey Carl here signing off. Big love to you. Big kisses down the internet. Go well and good luck with all the shows coming up whenever they they are. Nightcat. Cool. All right.